Chickens love foraging for insects and plants, so why not feed them what they naturally love? Grubly Layer Feed is the world's first naturally balanced feed made with farm-grown insect protein and plant-based ingredients. This means when you feed your flock Grubly Farms Layer Feed, you are feeding your flock the way nature intended. Grubly Layer Feed has absolutely no fish meal in it. And with a healthy mix of grub and plant-based protein, essential amino acids, vitamins, and minerals, your feathered family will stay strong, healthy, and happy. You really can't go wrong with this feed. So go to grublyfarms.com and use code FARM15 to get 15% off your first order. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking today? I am enjoying a nice steaming mug of coffee. Yummy, yummy. I do mine with cream and sugar. Do you put cream and sugar in your coffee? Um, I actually have recently switched, and I'm drinking coffee too today. Spoiler. Um, I have recently switched to doing Fairlife sweet cream because i switched from like doing like coffee creamer um like the the flavored stuff because there's just a lot of crap in it but the fair life stuff um has like five ingredients in it and they're all natural they're not gross so i do (laughs) that more often than not but if i need some flavor if we're drinking like just plain coffee like today's we did the veranda starbucks blend um because my husband doesn't really like a lot of the flavored stuff uh sometimes i'll throw a little coffee mate in there but today i just did the sweet cream and a little bit of stevia and then ta-da oh nice yeah i always do either heavy cream or half and half sometimes heavy cream is a little much so i've been kind of switching back and forth between that and half and half and i think i like the half and half better i have done just regular milk yeah and i like that too so like you can't go wrong we went a little a little deep on the coffee there today we just really love our coffee almost as much as we like our beer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a pretty hardcore coffee drinker. I That is one thing that I have to say. I don't know that I could ever give up coffee. I just really enjoy it. Like, I like the way it tastes. I like the way it makes me feel. Um, I don't know. I'm a big fan of it. Me too. So our drink, Peep, this episode is no one. Nobody. Which means we have an open spot. Yeah. So if you've been wanting to be one of our drink peeps for an episode, like if you've been listening to this and been like, how do I get my name into that spot right there? You can go to patreon.com slash drink and farm, choose the drink sponsor level, and you will be a drink peep in February. Hooray. And today we're going to take a little trip to the honey and rue corner. It's a little later than usual. But that's not Hetty and Rue's fault. That's Sam's fault for not putting the this into our last episode. Um, but this box was so good, it's still worth talking about. 
Yes. And oh my gosh, can I go first on my favorite thing? Because I know it's your favorite thing too, and I can't have you steal it. Well, I mean, I haven't, <laughs> if it's the favorite thing that I'm thinking about, I haven't even taken it out of the package yet. So, oh. and I know you have, so you can have it. Today. Oh my gosh. That hen print scarf is my new favorite thing. It's so cute. And it looks so nice with just like, I don't know. I'm a I'm a plain long sleeve shirt and vest kind of gal in the winter. So mm-hmm. having a fun scarf to like, I don't know, make my outfit look more exciting is super fun for me because like my closet is all drink and farm shirts and solids. That's it now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, and it's just so cute. And it's got the little zipper on it. And oh, gosh, if you haven't gotten one of those scarves, if you didn't get this box, you can go to their website. I think they still have a couple of the scarves mm-hmm. in stock. So go get one. <laughs> so what was your favorite thing if it wasn't the scarf? So I'm always a fan of just having like things around to write notes on. So when we got the 2021 oh. chicken keeping journal, I was pretty happy about that. <laughs> it's super simple but I just like having something like available that's cute or punny that I can write things on so that's right up my alley oh I like it yeah I I like notebooks too like I have a bazillion of them and I use them all like all the way through So we also got a bag of mealworm treats so you can throw those to your flock for a little fun we also got some aspirin, which is actually a pretty good staple to have around for your poultry first aid kit. Um, from PoultryDMV.com, it says aspirin, a common name for, uh, you know what aspirin is. I'm not going to try to say that big long word. Um, it's a type yeah. of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory agent used um, to help when things are ouchy essentially. Um, And you can actually give aspirin to poultry. um, And this might be effective in cases of acute or chronic gout, or to prevent clot formation and embolism secondary to egg related peritonosis, um, and a few other things too. So it's good to have that kind of on the side, specifically in your first aid kit, just for your chickens. So you're not, you know, taking all the aspirin and then when you're in a pinch for your chickens, you don't have any left. Yep. Well, and this is like, um, it's called baby aspirin. It's like low dose mm, aspirin, mm-hmm. um, which is totally different than like what you or I would reach mm. for if we had a headache. Because like I have 500 milligram aspirin in my cabinet. Yeah. Don't give that to chickens. These are like tiny. No. These are tiny aspirins. <laughs> but you can take baby aspirin. It's good for your heart. So if you're doing that already... <laughs> That's right. There you go. Um, but yeah, we got a few other fun things too. Yeah, we got some uh, hen healer, which is like a salve for like body, legs, head, face, comb, and waddles because it helps like protect um, them or help heal like minor cuts and stuff. And we got a super cute keychain uh, that says Happy New Year on there as a wish to us for a healthy, safe, and prosperous 2021. And every box comes with a nesting box liner, uh, which is compostable. So put it in your nesting boxes, let your chickens lay eggs on it and poop on it, and then (laughs) throw it in the compost pile and feed your garden. It's eco-friendly packaging. They get all the love from me for doing that. Yay. 
And by the time you guys hear this, it might be a little late to sign up for the February box, but sometimes they have some leftover in the shop, so keep an eye out. Um, but for the February sneak peek, um, Hannah and Rue posted that we'll be getting this really cute new exclusive kitchen tea towel, um, and I definitely spied a chicken on that print. It's very cute. Um, they'll also have two silicone poaching cups, and there will be seven other items on top of those in the February box. And I can't wait to see what everything is. (laughs) I'm incredibly excited for those poaching cups because I make avocado toast with an egg on it for breakfast a lot. And I've been making a lot of ramen and I've been like soft boiling the eggs for the ramen, but I have a really hard time peeling fresh eggs. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I could just poach the eggs and throw them on the ramen. Like, they don't have to be soft boiled. There's no reason for that. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Go to honeyandrue.com and you can subscribe to the box today to start getting it automatically delivered to your door. Use code Drink and Farm at checkout and you'll get 10% off your first box if you're a new subscriber. All right. So in today's episode, we're going to. let Bev have a bit of the spotlight here or like all of the spotlight because I've been super curious and you guys might have been too on how she's utilizing her greenhouse this winter at least so far and how she plans to use it through the 2021 growing season. Yeah I'm super excited to talk about this uh, because like I've put some stuff up on Instagram and whatnot but there's always so many things to talk about on the farm sometimes it's hard to like focus on one thing. And the greenhouse, it kind of sits out there and just does its thing. It doesn't require a whole lot from me right now, um, which is pretty cool. I actually really love that. (laughs) It's nice to have something that's not so dependent on me. (laughs) Well, yeah. But uh, we do have an episode where we talked about like the greenhouse in detail when I first got it. And that was episode 113. It's called The Greenhouse Journey. And there will be a link to that in the show notes. Um, And just as a reminder, my greenhouse is an eight by eight and it's a Grandio Greenhouse Elite, which is the one that I chose um, because it was designed specifically for year round growing in harsh climates. And I live in zone six, which isn't exactly a harsh climate, Um, but it's been interesting to see like how the greenhouse technology like all really works like in real life. (laughs) Right. I mean, you can read about something all you want, but until you try it out yourself, you just never really know. Yep, that's true. And I've learned a lot of lessons this winter (laughs) uh, in this greenhouse. So um, we'll talk about how I've got the greenhouse set up, uh, what I'm currently using it for, um, some mistakes that I made Mm. this winter in it, and things that I'll do differently for next winter. Uh, And then also talk about uh, what I'm going to do with it for the spring and summer seasons, um, because greenhouse gardening is different depending on what time of year it is and what you're planning on using it for. And there's a ton of different ways to use a greenhouse. So like my way isn't the only way, Um, but it could definitely give you some ideas if greenhouse gardening is something that you're interested in. Awesome. Let's jump right in. 
Yeah. So uh, let's talk about how I have my greenhouse set up. So uh, you can close your eyes if you want and imagine for just a moment. Not if you're um, driving. Not if you're not driving. if you're driving. <laughs> oh, my God. If you're driving, please don't close your eyes. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> All right. So imagine that um, you walk into my greenhouse. Uh, when you enter it, I have two raised gardening beds uh, that flank uh, both sides of the doorway. Um, there's one on the left and one on the right. And then up against the back wall, it's lined with metal slatted shelves. Um, and they're actually they're potting shelves very specifically is what they're called um, so that water can run through them. Uh, they're metal so they don't get all like nasty from the water and whatnot because mm-hmm. obviously greenhouses have a lot of water in them. And there's a little bit of space in between the shelving and the beds. And I store compressed bales of soil there. Um, I also have some pots and a few other things. So I left myself a little bit of free floor space um, so that I could have some room, you know, for like big potted plants in the future if I ever wanted them. Um, And also I had some options for how I wanted to use my greenhouse so I wasn't stuck uh, like with the way that I'm currently using it if I like, you know, packed it full of beds or packed it full of shelves Mm, or anything. And, you know, in the episode where we talked about the greenhouse originally, I was really sad that I had only gotten an eight by eight because I was like, man, I wish I would have gone bigger. (laughs) Like, I feel like I don't have any room. Um, But after uh, starting a winter with a greenhouse of this size, um, I don't think I would want to garden year round in anything bigger. (laughs) Oh, why is that? Um, because it's actually hard to maintain a temperature that plants can actually grow in, um, even though it's a greenhouse that's designed for year round growing. Um, but you know, this was my first year, so it's not to say that I won't learn like more lessons or find better ways to use it that like, you know, uses it more efficiently. Mm -hmm. But right now at this moment, I would not want to have to keep anything bigger, uh, any warmer than I have it right now like that'd be impossible (laughs) so uh speaking of having to heat this thing um one of the ways uh that um we did or the way that we did this um was we ran an extension cord from our house into the greenhouse um our greenhouse is actually sitting on a packed uh pad that is covered in um, stone. So we just dug some of the stone out from the edge and ran the cord underneath the greenhouse and then reburied it. This is actually kind of genius because it helps to like keep it sealed. Mm -hmm. But we've got power in there now for, you know, things like this. Um, And we put a shop space heater in it. It's not a very big one. It's a very tiny space heater, but it does a good job of keeping Mm -hmm. that thing warm. Like, I'm impressed. (laughs) Uh, the only thing is, um, obviously, having heat outside in the winter costs money right. if it's going to be through electricity. And I've been having a really hard time figuring out exactly how much it's costing us because it's been like kind of a weird year. You know, the kids are home all the time and they're not right. usually. Uh, we added like another refrigerator down in the basement and have like done some other things. So I'm not positive that the big jump that we've seen in our bill can all be attributed to that. 
<laughs> but uh, I'm guessing that it's costing us like an extra $100 a month Whoa. to keep that thing at the temperatures I've been keeping. Yeah, I know. And that's insane. Like my husband forwarded me the bill the other day and was like, okay, we've got to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you crazy plant lady. Pump the brakes. <laughs> so I did go out there. So I was originally trying to keep it um, – between 50 and 60 degrees in there because okay. like to me I felt like that was like a good temperature um but that was a little warmer than I really needed it so I went down there and I bumped it down to keep it between 40 and 50 degrees <laughs> so hopefully that bumps the bill up down just at least a little bit <laughs> yeah I'm hoping so you know we've only got another like two months of the really cold temperatures mm-hmm. probably um and we'll start seeing like temperature jumps really fast probably in another like month to month and a half or so and we're gonna get like a lot of fluctuating and stuff because that's just the way spring is around here right um but when we have those cold snaps it'll be nice to still like have it out there to keep the plants alive right yes um yeah so and the way that i hooked this heater up so that it stays between 40 and 50 degrees um is it's a thermostatically controlled plug so the plug only has power from the extension cord when the thermostatically controlled plug senses that it's gotten below 40 degrees in the greenhouse otherwise it stays off so like the heater is technically on all the time but it only has power from the cord when it gets below 40. okay it stays powered until it registers that it got up to 50 and then it just clicks it off nice yeah it is it's pretty cool (laughs) And um, I do have a hygrometer out there that uses Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Um, so it saves all the greenhouse like temp and humidity data. So I sync that with an app on my phone. Um, I haven't really dug through those records yet because I'm waiting until like the whole season is over. And then I'll probably like throw them on a spreadsheet and just take a peek and see what the highs and lows are. And I think that by watching it, because it gives me the um, temperature by hour. So I have a feeling I'm going to be able to see how often that heater had to click on. And I can figure out like what months had its heaviest usage and like for how long. And then I can make better decisions next year. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, the plants that I have in the greenhouse currently are um, a potted parsley. Uh, I dug that out of the garden at the end of the gardening season because I don't want to have to start parsley from seed and I already had a big old mound of it. I also dug up a rosemary out of the garden and just threw that in a pot and that's been pretty happy in there. I planted from seed three varieties of kale, arugula, green onions, radishes, bok choy, some spicy pepper varieties which have actually flowered now or at least a few of them have um no peppers on them yet but probably soon since they've flowered um although half of the peppers stayed like that little seedling size which was really interesting to me Hmm. and um same with uh the tomatoes i planted several cherry and slicing tomatoes from seed and some of those have flowered, uh, but not actually like grown fruit yet. Um, and a couple of those have stayed kind of stunted as well. And there is a cucumber plant that has one Ooh. cucumber that is like really close to being able to be harvested. Yay. <laughs> and more cucumbers are growing on it. So I'm doing something right with the cucumber, which is pretty cool. 
There's also um, some eggplant plants, but all of those are stunted at the seedling level. They've been like that for like three months. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we have some green beans that are vining like crazy, but no flowers or green beans yet. So I'm hoping soon on those. I expect those to like explode once they get the right temperature or whatever it is they're looking for. I think they're going to be pretty happy. Nice. So I did install a trellising system inside of the greenhouse um, over in the beds that have like the tomatoes and the cucumbers and the green beans and stuff. Uh, And I have an IGTV video that I did for that install. So there'll be a link in the show notes to check out the trellising system. And also give you an idea. um, You can kind of like see how the greenhouse is is set up. Um, And you can probably see some of the other things that are in there um, if you're curious. So let's talk about the mistakes I made in this greenhouse this first year, because <laughs> there's a few of them. <laughs> um, the first thing that I did is that I started my greenhouse plants too late. And I can tell that because of those plants that are stuck at that seedling phase. Um, they are stuck there because the days get shorter as we get into winter. So they weren't getting enough light. Okay. Yeah. And it took me a little while to figure that out because I'm like, these have everything that they need. Like, what could they possibly want? They need light. So (laughs) (laughs) next year in the greenhouse, I'm going to make sure that I start all of the plants that I'm going to keep over the winter, I'm going to start them um, by using the fall planting dates that are in that almanac planting date calendar that we used in the garden episode. It has fall dates in there too. So I'll know what the last date to plant is in order to have them reach maturity before the days um, get too short. Mm. So, um, One of the things that I did do is I installed a splitter on the extension cord um, that I hooked a timer up to so that I could hang some lights. I just never got around to it. So there are still not lights out there. (laughs) (laughs) I need to add that to my to-do list or something. (laughs) And um, the last mistake that I really made this year is that I planted plants that require temperatures that my greenhouse can't reasonably provide. Yeah, uh, tomatoes, cucumbers, peppers, like those are hot weather plants. I was being super uh, enthusiastic. <laughs> I it, guess is the right I'm word. I'm so surprised that Bev is super enthusiastic. <laughs> Shocked. No, right? but I think this this is one of the things. This was a good way to figure out like what you can do in your greenhouse though. And what the limit is. And now you know. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm sure that I read somewhere that trying to overwinter tomatoes and cucumbers and peppers wasn't really a great idea. But, you know, my brain was like, I'll figure out how to make it work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I did. um, But at what cost? Mm. Uh, Turns out hundreds of dollars. (laughs) Yeah. Whoops. (laughs) So... 
I'm thinking that next year uh, I'm going to skip winter tomatoes, cucumbers, and green beans and peppers and things like that. Um, or I might plant them in my basement under grow lights. There's some like oh. super cool things you can do in pots with some hanging lights. And, you know, basements tend to hold a pretty steady temperature. Yeah. So that like if you've got grow lights, like that's totally an option. And I've seen lots of people on Instagram um, doing that this winter. Mm. So indoor gardening in, over the winter is, is a pretty common thing. Totally doable. All right. So how I'm going to use this thing uh, during the spring is I'm going to fit as many plant starts into it as possible. That'll be so nice. Yeah, I'm excited to have the bulk of them out of my office, mm-hmm. but I've looked at my plan and I don't know if I'm going to be able to fit them all in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, like what percentage do you think you'll be able to fit in there? So, like guesstimate. Maybe 3 quarters. That's pretty good. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. And, you know, like I flipped through my planner um, for my garden and like all of my planting dates have been moved up from what I typically did by at least a month and in some cases two months. So I'm thinking that there's going to be a rotation in there. Like um, I'll start a lot of plants on February 15th and then I'll start more on March 1st. And then stuff starts getting transplanted into the garden from there around March 30th. So there will probably be like a constant rotation. I'm going to have to figure out a like labeling system for inside the greenhouse, though, so that I don't mix up like trays of plants. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I've, I haven't quite like thought through how I'm going to do that. I just need to like, I need to sit down with a, a piece of paper and just start, you know, like brain dumping ideas. And then I'm sure I'll think of something. Yeah. So one of the things that I did though, uh, to save space in there, since I'm worried that they all won't, uh, won't fit is I bought a soil block maker. Um, oh. And do you know what that is? I I'm, I can guess what it is, but I feel like you should probably just tell me. <laughs> so it's like this metal contraption that you stuff like wet soil into and you like press the lever down on it and it shoots out soil blocks that you can seed into. Well, that's fun. Um, yeah, it is really fun. And what's neat about that is it um, reduces the need to get like, you know, seed starter pots. Yeah. Um, there's a whole system to them. So I only bought one size, um, but there's actually three different sizes of soil blocks and they fit within each other. So hmm. I bought the smallest one and then maybe I'll buy the next size because then the plants that don't go out into the garden before they need to be up potted, you can up pot them directly into the next size of soil block. Oh, Nice. And then you can do that one more time because there are three different sizes for this system. So it's really quite fascinating. And I I had heard of soil blocks, but I had never like seen them used in practice. I always do um, jiffy pellets yeah. and the jiffy pots because uh, I'm not very good at handling seedlings in the plastic pots. Like I I don't know I have like man hands or something. Like I'm not very delicate. <laughs> <laughs> I like grab tiny seedlings and I like Hulk smash them on accident. Oh no. <laughs> so I have to figure out how to be like a little more dainty with my hands this year. Um, 
but yeah, there it's it's a really cool little system and it helps, you know, like you don't have to buy that stuff every year. Like once you own the soil block makers, you know, you just make them and put them in your trays, less waste, you know, things of that nature. Yeah. Um, but I have to give a shout out to Kathy Gormandy. She's at Kathy Zitnick on Instagram um, because what inspired me to purchase this soil block maker is she did an IGTV on how to make soil blocks. So we'll link to that in the show notes so that if you want to like see one in action and know how to use it, you can just go to her IGTV um, and watch it because it's super cool. And she talks about how she has plant starts in her master bedroom. And oh my gosh, her husband, I cannot believe (laughs) that they do that. That is hilarious. And I love it. And I just, I love that he loves her enough to do that. That's so sweet. (laughs) It is. I'm afraid that if I told my husband I wanted to start seeds and keep them in our master bedroom, he would just like, give me that look. (laughs) (laughs) You know what look I'm talking about. Yes, I do. All too well. Um, if all the seedlings won't fit, um, I will set up my folding table with all my clip grow lights like I did last year. Uh, I have a really nice space in my office, though, this year, so I probably won't put it in my office. I'll put it in the basement because um, my office is pretty now, so yeah. <laughs> I don't want to put a folding table in it. <laughs> uh, one of the other things I have um, is I have some heat mats to help keep the seeds cozy so they can sprout. I only have a couple heat mats, so... I'm hoping that I don't need a ton of them. I might only need those for like those February mm. and early March starts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hopefully I won't need them after that. Or I'm going to have to buy a whole bunch more so that I can just like cover all of my shelves with seed starting mats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the days are getting longer. But, you know, I mentioned that whole problem with light for my fall Uh, Mm -hmm. seeds that I sowed Um, I'm gonna need to hang grow lights out there for the seed starts um, because on my first day of seed starting which is February 15th um, that day where I live in my zip code is 10 hours and 16 minutes long and I need 14 to 16 hours for seedlings to sprout Ah. and be healthy yeah so not a ton more um, but I will need them and probably for, let's see, we gain like two to four minutes here per day. So I'll need them for at least like a month and a half, maybe two months for sure. Yeah. So during the summer, um, I'm not really sure how much I'm going to get to use the greenhouse um, because I have a really hard time keeping it cool enough in the summer. Uh. I need a bigger fan this year. <laughs> <laughs> I use these teeny tiny USB fans um, that were solar. Oh, yeah. You might need to break out the big fan, like the big guns. (laughs) Yeah. And now that I have an extension cord that's like buried out there, I can totally do that. Although, I don't know. I got to figure something out. I don't think I'm going to be able to run an extension cord in the summer. The only reason I can get away with that in the winter is because we're not mowing the grass. Oh, yeah. Huh. I mean, someone would have to, like, remember to unplug it every single time. And when you mow the grass three times a week, there's no way. (laughs) Right. Like, as it is, I have a hard enough time getting everybody to, like, put hoses away and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You don't need one more thing to worry about. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. So um, I'm going to try to find a solar one or, you know, something of that nature. Maybe I can find something that like mounts in my windows, like the greenhouse windows. Oh, yeah. Um, because then they can just like, you know, like the air can make them work um, mm-hmm. and they can move air around. I don't know. So I have to figure out how to do that. Um, but it gets up to like a hundred. It can get up to 180 in there. Whew. I think I have it clocked at that. Yeah. In fact, one of my thermometers broke at that. Oh, it's like shoot. stuck. It it still works, but some of the some of the functions on it don't. Wow. <laughs> like it all like every day it says that the low temp in there was negative four. And I was like, well, I know that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if I do get to use the greenhouse this summer, uh, I'll be sure and only plant like heat loving plants in it. So I'm thinking like tomatoes, peppers, maybe some extra green beans because we freeze a ton of those every year. So. Can't have too many green bean plants. Um, potatoes also really like heat. Um, I'm sure that there's a few others, but things that can handle heat and drought are good for summer greenhouse gardening. I have thought about getting a shade cloth for it because that's one way that you can like oh. lower the temperature in there. But that sounds kind of like a pain. Yeah. So I'm probably not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't, if it's not like if it's not able to be automated i'm very hesitant to like add it at this point yeah i don't blame you there's just there's too much to do uh yeah on the bright side one of the things that's really cool about my greenhouse is uh it's not waterproof so like water does get into it um which is nice because that keeps me from having to water it when we've gotten a lot of rain (laughs) like i just let the drips you know like feed everything (laughs) there you go Yeah, so that was my uh, very thorough greenhouse update. Hey, that was that was good stuff. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. And now it's time for We Can't Even Corner. Would you like me to go first so you can actually drink some of your beverage? <laughs> yes, please. All right. So mine is... Not pulled from a source other than myself, and it's kind of a farm story and can't even hybrid because it's just so ridiculous. Like, this happened on January 15th. So this happened, like, as we record, over a week ago at this point, and I still can't even about it. So I thought I would just share with you guys. Um, I was on a work call, and my office faces the road, which we're probably like, hmm maybe a hundred feet from the road. It might be less than that. Um, and, and Bev probably knows this because she probably has edited, edited car noises out more than she would have liked to in the podcast over the years. <laughs> um, so we're really close to the road and I'm on a work call. It's Friday. Um, somebody said something about agile methodology and I started kind of going on this respectful tangent about how we have to, you know, consider this methodology. However, how are we going to use it at our company? And oh my God, there's a cow in my front yard. (laughs) I was like, guys, I'm sorry. I have to go. My cow is in my front yard and she's like 30 feet from the road. Um, Finish without me. I'll leave the call open. (laughs) (laughs) So Fancy was staring at me. Uh, through like hey mom in my window she was probably like you know 
she wasn't like super close to the window, but um, she has never really seen the front of the house before. So this was a grand adventure for her. And so I, I run outside out the back and I go around the one side of the house and I'm screaming for her. Fancy, fancy. And I go around front and she's not up there. And I'm like, wow, where the hell did she go? Because we're super close to the road. And um, I'm like looking down the road and I'm like, shit. So then I go around the house all the way around the back to the front because maybe she's like at the side of the house. Nope, she's not there. It's like, how does a massive cow just disappear? And I'm like, Okay, idiot, slow down. Yeah, I wasn't being very nice to myself. I was like, idiot, slow down. It snowed today. Look for her tracks. So thank God it had snowed because I could see that she actually, like, went back behind the pasture. So she went, she must have heard my voice and came running but couldn't find me. Um, So she went all the way back behind the barn, behind the pasture, um, in the fence and I finally um, stopped yelling and running and just listened and I could hear her like moving and I finally saw her and I was like oh thank god so I go over to her and I like actually go into the pasture area and she's like standing right near like the part of the fence that she looks like just like pushed through but I think what happened was she, she's got a tree right there that she likes to scratch on. And I think maybe something startled her and she just like kind of jumped over the weak point in the fence. Because <laughs> oh. you could see a little bit of hair in the fence and it's like older and rusty and gross. And it's like was already being held up by um, hay bale twine. Uh, and because she's so respectful of the fence, we were just like, it's fine. We'll fix it in the spring. It's not a big deal. But it was a big deal because she managed to get out somehow. Um, so she wouldn't jump back over, of course. Uh, so I had to go get some treats. Like, thank God we have, like, trained her with coffee can and sweet feed and some rolled oats and alfalfa cubes. Otherwise, I don't know how I would have gotten her back in because homegirl wanted to go all the way behind the barn and then she wouldn't go into the smaller like four foot gate area no she wanted to go all the way like along the property by the willow trees to the back gate and then we have to walk all the way through the goat pasture and then she's in hers but luckily like she is pretty um, motivated by the alfalfa cubes but she got very distracted by the ducks because she's never really seen the ducks up close before (laughs) And Bustifer the barn cat is always so helpful during chores. So he came over and she's like obsessed with him. Yeah. And very rarely gets close to him. So I'm like, oh my God, this is like, this is terrible. She's out. She's going to get excited and like run over Bustifer and he's going to die. And like, we're so close to the, to the gate. I just need to get her. Finally, like Bustifer like booked it and she got redirected to the treats and we got her in. But Oh my God, it was like a half hour ordeal trying to get her to focus and not be scared of the sound she's never heard before or the sight she's never seen. And like, I felt like such a bad cow mom, (laughs) but she got, but she like, thank God I was home though, because it like when I went out like at one 30 or at one o'clock, I was like, I don't see Fancy in her pen, but she might just be behind her running shed. 
And I didn't see her in front of the house until 1.50. So I think she had been out for a while. <laughs> oh. Um, but yeah, luckily she, she stuck by. She didn't get hit by a car because that would have been bad for everybody involved. Um, oh. And she has been kind of like low-key hunkered down more than usual now. So I think that kind of gave her a little startle. We fixed the fence. We have we have fencing, so we cut off a large piece and like tied it all up on there how it's supposed to be appropriately. And like that whole section of fence is just gonna get either taken out and or replaced next year. So yeah. That is the story of Fancy's Great Escape. Um Hopefully I don't have a loose cow issue anytime soon again, because that was not fun, especially when it's cold and snowing outside and you run outside in a hoodie and nothing else. And like, oh, because you're so panicked. Yes. And like, <laughs> I, I have been riding my stationary bike religiously, but running is a whole different thing. And when it's cold, I was like coughing so hard because of the cold air. I thought I was going to throw up. <laughs> Oh, and with the stress of everything, so it was like a whole deal. <laughs> but it reminded me you were not in as good a shape as you think you might start to be in. <laughs> and thank God you bribe your cow with treats. So those were my takeaways from that day. And fix fix your fence. <laughs> Did you have to get her back all by yourself? Oh yeah, because Matt was at work, and like I called him, but he didn't pick up. So I took a picture of her standing on the wrong side of the fence. And he's like, <laughs> I texted the neighbor I'll, to see if he can come help you. And he's like a 70-year-old dude. Oh, my gosh. But he like works with horses every day. He's like tough as nails. Don't get me wrong. But I'm thinking, oh, my God, he's going to think I'm so stupid. <laughs> and like really with her, um, she trusts me, but I, she's skittish around new people. So I didn't know if that would actually help. But yeah, I had to do it all by myself. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad that you got her back in, though. Oh, my God. Yeah. The donkeys and the cow getting loose are, like, my biggest fear. I totally get the donkeys back, like, eventually. Uh, But Percy, I'm not so sure about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now, you know, you just always need to have sourdough on hand. Yeah. Because he will come to you for that. That's his jam. I had Aurora go feed him some sourdough the other day. And she's like... He won't take it from me. Aww. And I was like, oh, he's just not familiar with you. So he won't take it out of your hand. Go ahead and just put it in the ground, like, where he can reach it. And he'll go over and get it. And she did that. And she came back in. She's like, yeah, he went and took it. I was like, Aww. all right, good. In a few days, I'll send you out there again with more so that maybe he'll take it from your hand next time. Because, like, I need yeah. all the animals to, like, get to know everybody else, too. Because I realize, like, if I'm down and out for whatever reason or not here and there's, like, an emergency, like – the animals would be mm-hmm. like, who the heck are these people? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, and the oh. other thing is I went to get the mail after this whole ordeal was done. And I looked at her tracks and she at one point was like 10 feet away from the road. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> yeah. And people drive like lunatics on this road, too. Like they go super fast. So oh. we're super lucky that nothing bad happened. And she just... Had she got her steps in that day? <laughs> oh, good. But it, I'm sure she's very hungry. <laughs> yes, and I. It's just amazing how fast that big of an animal can move, too. Yeah, they yeah. move super fast. I don't turn my back on Percy 
because <laughs> oh, no. I know he's gonna sneak up on me. <laughs> yeah, but I think at like like after I was able to like calm down and reflect on it, I could just tell she was like really freaked out. So I don't think she did anything on purpose. It was totally an accident, um, and clearly she has not tried to do anything crazy like that again um, over the past over a week or so it's been now so yeah i definitely think something spooked her and she just jumped just right and the and she was at the wrong spot <laughs> she's like mom i don't know what happened yeah. but none of my favorite things are here anymore <laughs> yeah my scratching post isn't here my treat ball isn't here my jolly ball isn't here like there are no snacks mom come get me <laughs> oh my gosh does she play with her jolly ball she will nose it around yep that's amazing and she's got a treat ball thing too like that you i think your donkeys might have or i've seen other donkeys have and i put a yep. palace in it uh-huh yeah sweet she loves that too mm-hmm. that's amazing she's pretty spoiled out there by herself <laughs> well i'm super glad that she's safe and that you're able to get Me her back too that was so traumatic oh my gosh and Sarah, you're probably listening to this and laughing because I know you've told me stories about how your cows have gotten out. So now Fancy's had her own adventure at our farm as well. So. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. But anyways, what can't you even about this week? Okay. So I don't know if anybody is going to be able to appreciate my can't even. <laughs> oh. But I couldn't even about it. And I just, I had to tell someone. Okay. So I'm... I'm channeling my children right now, and I'm going to tell you all about my video game. Oh, the- I thought the <laughs> word you wrote down was a cheese. Well, okay. So it is a cheese. Okay. It's chivra. Okay. It means goat. Right. So the name of my Animal Crossing island is Chivra Land. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And for Christmas, Santa put some like there. So if you have a Nintendo Switch, they have these things. Um, they're called Amiibos and they're like little um, like NFC tag things. You can like invite characters in oh. different video games like using them. OK. So inside my stocking was a package of these little Amiibos for my Animal Crossing game. Oh. And the very first one was a goat named Shivra. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my God. I named my island Shivra Land, like, totally randomly. And there's a goat named Shivra. Like, I have to have her. So <laughs> I got to use a little NFC tag, and I got her on my island, and I was so excited. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to look up some information about her. Because you can look up information about, like, the different characters and villagers and stuff. Like, you can find out when their birthday is and, like, their favorite colors and all the things they like. Well, I looked up Shivra, and she has my birthday. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Isn't that the craziest thing you've ever heard? So the, I've been, like, chewing this around, like, in my head for, like, a few weeks now. And I'm like, I have to tell somebody about this. Because, like, <laughs> you know, like, of course, Jared was, like, sitting next to me during all this. And he's like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, no, I'm not. Real life is stranger than fiction. Super weird coincidences. I have to tell people about this. And this is farming related because it's about goats. <laughs> yes. Full circle. There you go. So that's my weird can't even this week is that my Animal Crossing island named Chevra Land has a goat on it named Chevra and she has my birthday. <laughs> I mean, 
how many things have to happen before we realize they're not actually coincidences. I mean, meant to be. Meant to be. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, we're going to get in our head and just freak her out. (laughs) Right? Oh, my gosh. So make sure you send us your can't evens. And obviously you can send us farm stories as well. You can uh, send us your can't evens in the Facebook group. But if you have a story or a can't even that you want to send privately, you can do that for through Facebook Messenger, Instagram, or email those to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com. And be sure and leave us a review because we read one Apple Podcast review on the regular episodes every week. Um, and if we read your review on the show, you get entered into drawing for a super exclusive coffee mug. Would you like to read our review this week? I can do that. Uh, this re- week's review is from Farmer Jenny Someday. Um, and she is from Canada. Woohoo! Oh, hey. Um, and the title of her review is Crossroads. And it says, my family is just in the planning stages for a homestead, which will start when we retire from the military and move back to my home province of New Brunswick. I have tried a few farming podcasts in addition to lots of books and Facebook groups. While there are things to learn from all of these sources, Sam and Bev, you definitely are the most interesting and fun to listen to, which means I pay the most attention and actually learn some things. So thanks. I'm still catching up on your past episodes and looking forward to the new ones this year. My word for the year is crossroads. For the last 20 years, I have lived the adventure of the military life with lots of moving, traveling, and challenges. Our new adventure will be based on in roots, relationships, and a whole new set of challenges. Enjoying a glass of homemade Black Forest port. So, cheers! And her Instagram handle is at Jenny Beck. McLean. And she says, I don't really understand Instagram, but I think that's how you find me. <laughs> and yes, that's how we can find you. <laughs> so good job. <laughs> oh, thanks so much for that review. So nice. Yes. Thank you. You're way too kind. And I'm glad that we entertained someone. <laughs> yes. Always makes me happy. Yeah. Other than each other and ourselves. <laughs> Mm -hmm. (laughs) so make sure you hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen because this helps more people like you find us and share this episode over on instagram in your stories tag us at drink and farm we'll send you a promo code just for this episode that'll give you a percentage off in our shop um and by the time this episode drops our uh february shirt of the month will be up there so You'll want that promo code so you can go snag that. It's a really good one. Yeah, it is. And it makes I mean, they're all really good ones. I mean, (laughs) we might be a little biased, but this is super cute. And it's totally a theme that fits into February. Yes. So make sure you take a look at the show notes. You're going to find links to um, all most or even all of the products Bev talked about today. Um, So if you want to snag those, you totally can. Um, there's also a link for a survey to tell us how we're doing, all of our social media stuff, and our merch shop. So that's it, guys. Thanks for joining us in the greenhouse again. Yeah. And until next time, drink, farm, and, and give zero clucks. Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and farm things.